Before we do anything, we must ask ourselves this question. Did God tell me to do this? For if God told you to do the thing, then you're safe in going forward, if you're sure it was God. Many Christians approach this life in a very strange way, at least strange to me, to my way of thinking. They violate the principles of the wisdom that's from above. James 3.17, the wisdom that's from above, is first pure. That means it's not prejudiced with your own ideas. It's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Every time the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, it's been a gentle thought. It's not a driving thing like you have to do this, you have to do it now. Hurry. That's a devil. But the Holy Spirit just gives me an option, a concept of what I could do. The wisdom is from above is without hypocrisy. There's not any play acting in it or pretense in it. If you are entered into any form of acting in a way which you do not feel, you do not have the wisdom from above. The wisdom is from above. It's simple, easy, not complex. So when I run into something that's very difficult, very complex, I always know I'm not going in the way of God. After I moved to Colorado, I was setting up my sound equipment. I talked to a dealer in Denver, and he presented a plan, but it was so complex. He was going to put two receivers in my system and have to do controls, and he talked about all this stuff he was going to, that he could do. But you see, complex things scare me. When they're overly complex, I know to beware. And I didn't work with this dealer. Later it turned out what I did was extremely simple and was within my financial price range. That's another point. If it is pushing you financially to the point that it's uncomfortable, I've always found I don't have the wisdom that's from God. I've had other cases, though, where I could easily spend a little more money and get a little better grade quality. And that was the wisdom from God. But again, I had the finances to do it. I didn't go in debt. It was very comfortable, very easy for me to stretch just that extra amount of money to go into a different level. God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you're stretching to go into something that seems a little better, be careful you don't get into a burden that is oppressive. For that would not be God's yoke. God's yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Take these scriptures in James chapter 3 verse 17, also in Matthew chapter 11, verses 
29 through 30. Meditate on those scriptures day and night. Get them to be a strong part of your life. I have seen people that take a scripture and cause a lot of trouble with it. They harm other people by the scripture. We don't want to do that. Remember that one of the wisdom that is from above is mercy. We have mercy toward that other person. To take a scripture and beat someone over the head with it is not mercy. Be very careful in handling scripture. Be sure you're going the right way. Pray. But really evaluate the wisdom is from above. Get it solid. Get these concepts to be very solid within you. Matthew 11, verses 29 through 30, and also James 3.17. If you look at the verses just above James 3.17, we see that if there's any envy or strife in what we're going to do, there is confusion and every evil work. So you can also use that part of James 3 to evaluate what you are planning to do. If there's any envy or strife, there is confusion and every evil work. I think what we should do is if we recognize envy or strife, we need to back off and pray and ask God to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Psalm 51. We have to be careful with our approaches. We have to try the spirits. Try those spirits to see who's speaking. Those ideas can come from your own flesh, your own fleshly desire. They can come from devils, and they can come from God. God is always leading us to a more abundant life. Our flesh and devils will cause harm to us if we go forward using those ideas. We don't have to go forward using those ideas. We can do two things. We can pray and ask God to stop us if we're going the wrong way. We can also check carefully to be sure that the way we're thinking of going doesn't violate any of the principles God has set forth in telling us his wisdom and what his wisdom is. Years ago, I attended a church in Dallas, Word of Faith. A young couple quit their secular jobs to move to Israel to minister. A week later, they were back at church. We were saying, what happened? And they said, well, we got to Israel. We couldn't speak the language. We were totally blocked. There was nothing we could do. I think that's a case of moving by presumption or perhaps even moving by the letter of the law, reading some scripture and feeling that you, by faith, can do that scripture. But you see, faith comes by hearing from God. You've got to hear from the Spirit of God even before you do a scripture. You've got to have God author 
the situation before you jump out and do it. It is very important to be sure it's God authoring what it is you are about to do. People often want to do a big work for God. Ooh, the devil will move in on that case and really help you to go in a direction which you'll be shocked at later when you find it didn't work. If it is of God, if God is authoring the situation, it will work. If the devil is leading you to go to Israel to minister, it will not work. And the devil wants to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. John 10.10 The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He brings us ideas which seem good and seem honorable, but they can hurt us and will hurt us. The ideas from God come to us to bring us a more abundant life. But we measure them by these principles in James 3.17. And especially, is this easy to do or is it extremely complex? Because God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. Without a strong word from God, it is impossible to do an act of faith. Again, a lot of people think they can read a scripture and go do it. I've always found if the scripture is brought to my attention by the Holy Spirit and I meditate upon it day and night and it's God wanting me to do something, then I can do it. But that faith has to come from hearing from God by his will. Here's a very interesting scripture which warns us. Jesus said, Matthew seven twenty one through 23, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. God didn't author that work. They may think it's a good work to go to Israel. They may think it's a good work to give out Bibles to everyone who comes to their meetings when they can't pay for the Bibles. They may think it's a good work, but they have not properly evaluated the work by the wisdom as from above to be sure that it's a work from God. You really have to be careful about doing good works because your ego can get involved in it. And it might not even be the will of God for you to do this. The devil tempted Jesus in Matthew 4, 5 through 7. Then the devil taketh him, Jesus, up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, prove yourself. If you're the Son of God, you can do this. Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time Thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. 
Then Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I know a Baptist woman who always left her purse in the front seat of her car when she would come to visit my mother, and she would say, God will take care of it. Oh, God will take care of it. That's sort of like boasting. One day she visited my mother, left her purse in the front seat of the car, said, oh, God will take care of it, and her purse was stolen. When you can take care of something yourself and you don't do it, it's sort of boasting and trying to prove that God cares for you. I I think that's very dangerous. I felt a lot of that went on during the coronavirus when people would go to church and just say, God will never let anything happen to me. I felt very uncomfortable about that. During that coronavirus, when they were releasing the vaccines, I didn't want to have a vaccine. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. But then I caught myself and I thought, now let's just don't be quite so prideful of thinking that you don't have to do it. Let's ask God. So I turned to God in prayer and I said, if you want me to have a vaccine, would you please show me? Because I don't want to do this. So far, God hasn't shown me to do it. And I haven't done it. But I'm different from the people out in the world. They're going to work and they're doing these things. I fully understand why they would do it. But I'm at home in my bedroom making podcasts and writing on the blog. And I hardly ever get out anywhere in public. I ride in the car once in a while when we take the dogs to the dog park. But I sit in the car while they're at the dog park. I can see the dogs playing through the wire fence. But I I just, well, I can't walk in the first place because of the accidents and my age. I can only walk a few feet with a walker. But I, I think we have to be careful about religious boasting. What does the Holy Spirit sound like? Let me give you an example. Each time that I can remember when the Holy Spirit has brought me a word from God, it's been a very gentle voice, sort of like giving me an option. It's sort of like he's watching over me and he's giving me an option. I was considering putting upholstery on my 25-year-old car and as I stood there and thought about that, the Holy Spirit brought this to my mind or you could buy a new car. I'd never thought of that. I'd never thought of buying a new car. Another time when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I was driving in my car and stopped at a signal light and a pickup truck pulled up beside me and in the back of his truck he had a load of firewood and I was just thinking how much I would enjoy having a wood-burning fireplace. My fireplace was gas logs. And the Holy Spirit said, you could do that. And the voice I heard, it was just like that. You can do that. You have an option. You could do that. I'd never considered changing my gas logs until that moment. I've always found the Holy Spirit to be gentle. 
And the thoughts from the devil are usually driving, like you have to do this and you have to do it now and you better do it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us information which is very important. But even then, I've always heard his voice as a gentle voice. I fell at my house in Texas. I was lying in the hallway with a broken hip and a broken wrist, and I started trying to crawl to a telephone, inch my way to a telephone. It was very, very painful. I was living alone at that time, and it would be at least eight or nine days before anyone was scheduled to come to my house. If I couldn't get to a telephone, I really thought I would be dead before anyone showed up at my house. And I heard this from the Holy Spirit, and I heard it in this tone of voice. You can do this. Because I heard that word, I had faith that I could get to that telephone. It took me four and a half hours. But I did get to the telephone and did get help. Well, actually, it turned out that I didn't get help from the telephone. The telephone, when I pulled on the cord of the telephone, the receiver squirted off to another part of the room, and I never saw it again. But a Kindle tablet was underneath the table where the phone had been sitting, and the Kindle tablet was charging, recharging. If I could get to the Kindle tablet, maybe I could get help that way. So I did manage to get to the tablet, and I was able to get help. But the voice I heard, you can do this, gave me the confidence and assurance that I needed to keep trying. I was 81 years old at that time. I've had many times I've heard from the Holy Spirit, and the voice has always been the same. During that time that I fell at my house in Texas, as the ambulance workers were rolling me past the front door, I heard from God again by the Holy Spirit. And what I heard, and it was in this form of voice, you'll never see this house again. You'd think a word like that would be very fearful and terrifying, but it wasn't, because God had already put in my heart that I could not continue to live alone. Several months prior to that accident, that had been put into my heart. So it gave me information that I needed. I put that house up for sale even while I was still in the hospital. John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says this concerning what the Holy Spirit will do for us. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. See, he's the spirit of truth. The devil is the opposite. He's a liar and there's no truth in him. John chapter 8, verse 44. But when the spirit of truth has come, when he rises up in us to bring us an idea, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak. So we can go forward in full assurance when we are certain it's the Holy Spirit who has spoken this to us. For God knows the future. 
and he will bring things to us to help us. And the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, such as you'll never see that house again. I moved to Colorado in 2019. The house was up for sale in Texas. It had been on the market for a year and a half and had not sold. I had often prayed about the house selling and asked God to bring us a buyer for the house. Coronavirus struck in March in the United States, March 2020. When it struck, I was really concerned about that house in Texas. Here in the midst of a virus that nobody had seen anything like it before, and I'm trying to sell a house in Texas? I asked God if there was anything I should do about that house in Texas, and I heard immediately by the Holy Spirit, lower the price of the house and put it on a special sale for one week. I contacted my realtor immediately and told her to do this. The house sold in two days, and it had been on the market a year and a half. It sold in two days in the midst of a pandemic where nobody knew what was going to happen. One day recently, some concerns came to me. You're 83 now. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? I began praying immediately, and the Holy Spirit said to me, God will provide all your needs. I said, that's right. I'd forgotten that. That's a scripture in Philippians 4, verse 19. I believed that word, and immediately I was in complete peace again. It was like this heavy burden of fear had just lifted off my shoulders. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus tells us two more things the Comforter will do for us. Jesus says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and he is the Comforter, in the midst of the time we're panicking, he brings to our mind things to comfort us. Just as I told you, I was panicking over this, what if that happens to me? And he brought to my mind, my God shall supply all your need. I said, that's right. So he's a comforter to us. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you, such as that scripture. For all scripture is inspired by God. The Holy Spirit of truth is the comforter, and he brings us scriptures and concepts so we can live in peace when we have concerns come upon us on this present earth. In evaluating whether the concept or the thought is from God, remember this, John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, 
and that they might have it more abundantly. When the thought is extremely fearful, when the idea that's brought to us is very complex or expensive, I always know that is not an idea from the Spirit of God. So I can stop and pray again and evaluate future thoughts by the subject of God's yoke being easy, God's burden being light. Is this going to cause a burden on me or anyone else? Is this going to bring mercy? Or is it going to put a yoke on somebody and a burden, an oppression, if I do this? What are the fruits of this to be? James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, meaning it's not my own desire. Peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. You see, you have to think about what this is likely to do to the other person. Mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. You can't just grab a scripture and do it. It might hurt somebody. It might be like taking a board and hitting them on the head. It might oppress them needlessly. You don't want to do that. It might be that you're supposed to share that scripture at some point in time, but if you do it at the wrong time, it could hurt the person. Without partiality, the wisdom that's from above is without hypocrisy. So if you're tempted to tell something that's just partially true, It might not be the wisdom from above. It might be another spirit bringing you an idea of what to do. And Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There are vast numbers of people in churches who have gone forth and been baptized and joined the church but they don't have the Spirit of God. It's when we have the Spirit of God living in us and leading us that we are the sons of God. But we have to know what the voice of the Spirit of God is like. He doesn't make us do things. He gives us information which is appropriate to us making decisions on things. Or he may give us options. But he's always the spirit of truth. He always hears from God and brings the information to us that he knows is the will of God for us at that specific moment in time. It's very important to know how to follow God by his spirit, to know other spirits and what they're like, and to understand That the idea that comes to us, it could even seem good and be wrong. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Be careful. Be sure that it's God speaking to you, telling you to do that thing. And... Be sure that you see exactly how to do it. 
because you might actually need to do the thing, but be sure you know how to do it. Those are very important things, so pray over it. And follow these guidelines. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, and James chapter 3, verse 17. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.